0: We played a show called the Geek Fest. Um, it was out in the middle of nowhere. There was nobody there. It was just some kids hanging out that, you know, swimming in the water in this reservoir. And they were like actually taking care of their business in the reservoir at the same time. So it's like, dude, we're like, we're playing in outdoor sewage right now, man. This is so weird and strange and wrong. What happened was is we were playing in a tent. They set up a tent for bands to play. So we were getting ready to play. And prior to that, Dave um had said that he had to really go bad. He had to <laughs> take care of business bad. All they had was a porta potty. And he was like, dude, there are people who are like letting go of the loaf out in the reservoir. I'm not doing that. So he's like, I'm going in the porta potty. And so he went in there and he's like, dude, I went in there and it was like a mountain. Of bad. <laughs> just a mountain of bad. <laughs> and he said, I had to get a rock, a very heavy rock. So when he said a very heavy rock, I'm thinking he probably had to look around for that heavy rock. It wasn't just right there. <laughs> so he grabbed a heavy rock and he just immediately pushes down and just splats this mountain of bad <laughs> until it was a it was flat. And so when he did that, he's like, cool, I have plenty of space now to take care of my business. And, um, so that was, that was before we started playing. (laughs) So you can see where this is going. So when we started playing, uh, he, he hit like his symbol wrong or, or it was just unintentional. And so he, when he hit it, he hit it with his finger, uh, and he sliced his, he gouged his hand. And so when he gouges his hand, all his blood starts, like, splatting, you know, all over his drum set and all over him. You know, I think people, the kids who were there were probably thinking, jeez, man, this guy is, like, playing drums so hard, he's bleeding now, you know? And so (laughs) when we got done playing, I mean, I look back, and Dave, Dave was wearing shorts, you know, for the occasion. (laughs) The occasion, right? (laughs) And, you know, all I see on his shorts is just huge splashes of blood, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know so he had to tape up his hand he used duct tape to tape up his hand <laughs> so um and that was a really funny show
1: you've been listening to mig also known as miguel kasai from his days back in his band left out lamont today on music live radio we talked to miguel kasai about his love of music his previous bands, his brief hiatus from music and his triumphant return in his current project. So without further ado, Miguel Casai.
0: I actually got started in music because my family, both my mom and dad's side, are very musically oriented. I came from a uh, quite amount of relatives, uncles and cousins who were musicians and so they they pretty much um, you know, planted the seeds for me early on. Uh, like when I was about as far back as like five years old and I used to go to like, uh, I used to be taken to family get, get togethers, you know, for like holidays and such. And so when that happened, our uncles would be playing their guitars and singing and, and I was always into that. So, you know, it just kind of struck me immediately. And, um, I just knew that from five years old, I started playing my uncle's guitar. I was instantly. Taken by it, and I instantly wanted to just, you know, play with it and get to know it and really, you know, find out more about it. And it never went away. That was it. It was like it was a done deal. And, and, uh, as far as the singing goes, the singing. Uh, I always make a joke of it in light saying that, you know, singing started the minute I came out with my mom. You know, the minute I was out of moms, that was it. You know, I was ready to hit, hit the notes and just, you know, carry a tune no matter how loud and how crazy it might have been. And I think it really shaped itself when I was in kindergarten. Uh, my teacher used to have us sit around on pillows. She made it a point to always have like a song that she'd want us to like sing along with her and the song, and it was called hello Dolly. And I was totally taken by it. And um believe it or not, I do recall that my teacher, you know, really was quite surprised how enthusiastic I was when I was singing the song. She, I do remember that her saying like, well, it seems like Miguel really likes to sing. And I was always doing that at home and, there was even a point where my mom bent down and looked at me and held me still for a moment and said, you know, I could set you up with a special place, you know, for you to really sing if you'd like to do that. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that, <laughs> you know, why don't I want to do that? That's like, you know, at a five, six, seven-year-old kid, you know, that's just not something you're thinking. You're thinking like, it's just fun to sing or it's just fun to just kind of... Have fun with your voice. And, uh, so I, I regret, you know, not seeing where that could have went. But at the same time, you know, I'm so happy with the decisions I made, uh, to, to become the singer that I am so far. You know, music is, it's so organic. It is organic. It's, it's spiritual. It's heartfelt. It's, it really is like the core of. A person's emotions and there's just, there's no way you can write a song and perform it. And if there's no feeling in that song, whether by the time you are rehearsing it or by the time you are performing it, if there's still no feeling in that song, to me, that song has no life. It's never been alive. It's, it's, it's still, you know, you didn't groom it. You didn't groom it to become alive. It. That's just it. You know, music, it has to be real. It has to be alive in order to be, you know, uh fully appreciated and, and to be fully touched. And if you don't have that, if you can't emote that in any way, um get someone else who can, or figure out how you can. I f- get so touched by the songs I write um before anyone hears them. And, that's when I know that I'm on to something. And I really enjoy listening to the songs I write. Uh, and I don't get me wrong, I like listening to all music, all different types of groups and artists as well. But I enjoy, I look forward still to hearing what I've created. For me, I, I just, I get excited. I feel like I'm, I'm hearing something that uh, I get blown away. I can't believe it came out of me you know and and no matter how many times i hear it i still feel that same uh reaction that man i just i just can't believe it you know i uh, i get blown away thinking like if i would have heard this from somebody else i would have been blown away still but because it came out of me i guess i just really appreciate my talent so much that um i value it in such a high regard in how far i've come you know, so far. And, um, when I listen to those early recordings and those early songs, uh, I cringe, I cringe a little bit, you know, I, I go, why, you know, it's too bad. I wasn't maybe thinking the way I am now type of approach, but I'm, I'm very happy with all my children. And, and that's how I look at my songs they are all my kids, you know, and some of them have grown to be great, great, you know, independent entities and, and others are, are going to be where they are, you know? And I don't mind hitting them up once in a while either. So,
1: Yeah, very nice, Mig. Now, I know you've been in a lot of different bands. Uh, I remember meeting you when you were in a band called Random Eye, but how did it all start? What was your very first band?
0: The first band I was in was when I was in seventh grade with a couple of friends from school. One friend named Josh, he played drums. He was actually really good at the age he was playing. Uh, I, I knew that immediately playing with him. Um, the other guy's name was Derek. He played guitar. Um, we didn't have a name. We, but that was like the first band. And then when I was a freshman in high school, I started playing with my relatives. And so that eventually became basically the first band. Um, even though it was with family, uh, I was playing primarily just cover songs. So I was learning like, 50s 60s and some 70s covers um which i had never done before um so it was a whole new experience for me and so uh the band went through a number of name changes but eventually settled with sound express with two z's at the end and um played for a long time with that band uh and then um i ended up uh forming my own band for the first time once I left that band and that band was called rival. And um, it was a three piece and just straight rock. Um It was material that I wrote for the first time. It was like, this was the first band I started. It was the first band that I decided to start writing songs for. Um And we had, there were some covers in there too. Um And then eventually brought in a, a fourth person for another guitar sound and, and that was fun. I really enjoyed it. It was very liberating. It was, it was, it was great to have the opportunity and the confidence to want to pursue my own thing. Um, from there went into a band briefly called Threshold and the band was a four piece, two guitars, bass and drums. And again, I, I, I didn't form the band. It was just a collaboration that t- kind of took place. I was kind of looking for. Something different. And I came across this guitar player who lived in Marin and he was very well off because of his parents. And so he had a lot of equipment. I came across, a uh, um, a friend of his as well who played guitar, but he decided to play bass. And then there was this drummer. And so we formed and then we played for like maybe three or four months. And that was it. And, uh, then I moved on to Random Eye, which was the, the next big, band so to speak it was kind of weird because um i i knew the drummer his name is frank and him and i had kind of known each other a bit and played a little bit and so he's like yeah why don't you come to the studio i'm playing with a bass player and a guitar player and you know and you may want to jam i said cool so i just came down there to the jam i didn't think about trying to form a band or anything yet um at least not with them and so I listened to what they were doing and then I played them some of the tunes that I came up with. And so, uh, I left and then he calls me and says like, Hey, you know, you want to, you want to come back down and play again? And I'm like, Yeah, okay, we could do that. And, um, eventually we, we found ourselves, uh, interested in playing together more. And then it became a band. And so then it became Random Eye. Um, then after Random Eye was Left Out Lamont and Left Out Lamont definitely was, A pinnacle point in, in my musical career, um, this band just was like a juggernaut. It just became like a a full on, (laughs) you know, beast of its own, just because I had never played, uh, so much in any bands prior to that and haven't still since. You guys played like 150 shows or something like that, didn't it? It was definitely you know close to the 200 mark, and uh, and we were together from '98 until 2001. So in three years, we we accomplished that many shows. It was an amazing thing. Uh, it was to me, I out of all the bands, uh, that band really was uh, probably the closest I've come to feeling what it would have been like. To be a working band, you know, and to, uh, but obviously struggling at the same time, you know, and uh, being locally unsigned and and um, just doing it all on her own. So, the,
1: those other bands that you're in, Rival and Threshold and even Random Eye, those were more of a hard rock and metal type of band. So, Left Out Lamont was actually quite a, a shift in musical direction. You were playing more power punk. Pop punk um, rock.
0: Yeah, no, it, it you know it it was uh, interesting because I made a decision to sing a different way. I had been singing a certain way for all the bands prior to Left Out Lamont, which was you know a very rock oriented type of vocal and but very soulful and I kind of got burnt out. I don't know how else to describe it. I just got burnt out singing that way. I just maybe it's because of the times of music. Maybe music of, of that type of genre or maybe that type of singing style wasn't just in vogue anymore or, uh, it lost its luster. I don't know. Um, but somehow it triggered in me to feel like I, I don't want to sing that way anymore. I'm actually not interested in that. It, I was turned off. So, um, I became very influenced by a lot of the, a lot of the, the punk and power pop punk type of scene that was going on and it was it was a whole new ball game it was fun and i just felt like that's what i want to do i want to sing fun things i want to i want to get away from the whole serious approach you know i wanted to just make it really light and entertaining and i thought well it'd be awesome if that could be possible in a band you know and other bands have done it so it's possible it's just it can it be possible for me um and whoever i'm playing with will that happen the sound was definitely like a power pop, uh, with a backwash of punk, you know, in there. And I'd say we, we were probably on the lines of a Green Day type of fashion, you know, um, basically just short and sweet, straight to the point. Uh, songs were no longer than three and a half minutes, tops, um, usually between two and a half to three minutes long. Uh, we would play like, in 30 minutes we could play like maybe 15 songs if we if we really wanted to set it up that way um and we were very much in the pocket i, I think the the musicians i was playing with were to, were the most professional and the most strongest in their talents uh independently and uh it was the most professional sounding band because of it um,
2: this show time is so rattled See us sitting right next door Mr. Frazier said up win But I'm on loud night Candle corner, eye looking Paper face down on my desk 45 minutes for a break Then I'll take the risk of going up. Stop me,
0: so who are the members of Left Out Lamont, and how did you guys all hook up? Uh, the members were Dave Madol... Or as he still lays claim to, that's Dave One Take. One Take (laughs) Madill. And uh, Josh uh, Almond, uh, like he says, like the nut. Later, his nickname ended up becoming Gub. But I met Josh first because Josh and I were in a band called Random Eye, and he played bass. By the time Random Eye broke up and before Left Out Lamont was formed, he had mentioned to me, because him and I worked together, we worked in the... Adult merchandise area or, uh, industry. And, um, he said to me, he's like, you know, I'd love to like just do a power trio someday, you know, so let me know if you want to do that. And I had always been playing with two guitars, bass and drums pro- at, until after Randomize, So I had never really put the time into playing as a power trio it was briefly in the beginning with rival but it soon morphed into a a four piece so i had never really given my due to know could i you know be the all around guitar player can i do that and maintain that and would i be into it would i be having fun with it so you know he kind of piqued my interest on that and so we we decided we were going to look for a drummer and so we went through uh only a couple of drummers before we came across dave and then what was interesting about dave is that he was in a band called abandoned blue uh which random i had played some shows with not many so i knew dave already but we didn't really know each other personally um and so it was funny because when he showed up for the audition, he brought all his stuff. We were, we were rehearsing at town, uh, at, um, what is it? Um, secret studios. And so he brings all his stuff and his Scooby Doo van. And, uh, you know, he comes in and we, we audition. We play the tunes that Josh and I had been playing. And, you know, he had him down. It wasn't a problem really. Um, and so we get done and, and we were out in the parking lot and, and Dave just, you know, we get out there and we start talking and, and he had this look on his face when I told him, I said, yeah, well, yeah, we'll think about it, you know, <laughs> we'll get back to you or something, you know? And, you know, he just had this look after I said all that, like, you're effing kidding me. <laughs> I just played, like, blood, sweat, and tears for you, man. You're going to get back to me? <laughs> you know? I mean, he didn't say that, but that was just the look. He was just kind of, like, blown away, like, you mean I didn't get the job? You mean you're not going to just tell me, you know? So that was always, like, a, a joke we always used to bring up once in a while when we were playing together, you know? it's like, you know, yeah, you didn't even take me in on first try. I had to wait, just like everybody else. <laughs> so had you auditioned any other drummers? Well, we had a drummer that we auditioned just before Dave came in, and Josh and I were just blown away. We just were so into having somebody who was into what we were doing, and he really showed it physically, you know, in such a way where we were like, man, we got to just work with this guy. And But unfortunately, he lived somewhat far, and he was not so blown away by our tunes. He He thought they were great, but It wasn't really what he was looking for. So we were bummed. And I think by the time Dave came in, you know, we were still going through our our aftermath of the bum session, you know. Yeah. So, so we really couldn't admire Dave's performance and and you know give him the praise that maybe he should have had that first time.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because you know I I know Dave and and he's a remarkable drummer in my opinion.
0: Uh, in my opinion, he's he's the octopus, you know. And I've I've I kind of you know given him that name to say that you know you you have a way of playing not unorthodox at all, but in such a wide variety uh, of ways that, that you, you know how to adjust to anything that's thrown at you. And to me, that, that is just like one of the key elements in being a great drummer is that you can throw something out and they're not sitting there still listening to it. They're already jumping on, they're already thinking about what they're going to play. And then they start playing it. They don't sit there and keep thinking. They just start playing. And that's him. You know, he, you He's just, you know, on the ball. He can be last minute. Um, and he's dedicated, you know, he loves his craft. Um, early on in Left Out Lamont, Josh had done a little bit of vocals with me in random eyes, so I knew he had, you know, potential to sing more possibly. And so I'm glad that he pursued it. He actually told me at times where he's like, you know, your songs are just, uh, the songs we play are just uh They've lend themselves so well the vocals, and they' and they're so the vocals are catchy so much that I want to sing along the vocals and um and and I was very happy that he felt that way about it, and that's what helped him to want to sing more uh to where he was sing, singing pretty much on every song, and it wasn't in unison, it was mostly like in harmony, two- part harmony, which I enjoy. I love singing harmonies.
1: yeah, it sounds really good How, how did Josh get uh the nickname the Gubna?
0: we were on the road and i think i think we were talking about how josh you know has this natural instinct to want to organize things you know like he he loves to make sure that the equipment is loaded in correctly the set list is already ready to go um so he you know he really had that type of attention to detail so Dave just kind of said, yeah, you're like a, you're like a governor. You're like, you're like a government or something, you know, you're just, <laughs> you're all about trying to, you know, keep everybody intact and, you know, and, and keep everything all, you know, straight and narrow. And, you know, you want to address things in an appropriate way, you know, it's kind of like you're the CEO type of dude. And so you're like a governor, you're like a governor. Then right afterwards, somewhere in there, we start saying, yeah, nickname Gub. you You'll be governor, you know, and uh you'll be governor talk. And, uh, you know, you carry a briefcase and you'll wear a suit and tie and every show we come to, you'll make an announcement. (laughs) You'll do a PowerPoint presentation or something, you know, it's just, so we just kind of hammed it up after that. So that's, that's where the gubna come from. Yeah.
1: How did you guys come up with the name left out
0: Lamont? I started to think about names that come from either a phrase or come from a movie title or TV show or, or from a book. Um, I didn't want to use just my own imagination because, you know, sometimes you, you don't really come up with much, <laughs> you know? So you need some type of influence. So, um, I was influenced by a, a couple of bands that had been making a name for themselves. There was a band called Seven Mary Three, which they, they came out during the post grunge era and, um, they quickly faded. But, uh, the name I remember because, it was a response from a TV show called Chips. And so one of the cops would say Seven Mary Three as kind of like a code. And so they took that name and I, and, and because I read the story about them. And so that's where they came up with the name. So I started to think about some, some of those types of codes or phrases from TV shows or movies and think, yeah, that would be cool. So one of my favorite shows is called Sanford and Sun one of my favorite episodes was an episode that had that name left out Lamont in there. And so when I looked it up, I wasn't finding it anywhere. There was left out Larry and there was left out Leroy or left out, you know, this and that, but no left out Lamont. So I brought up to these guys and they were like, okay, it's funny. Um, it, it's easy to say it's correctly spelled. Um, it's a little long. It seems like left out Lamont, you know, that's a lot to say, but we went with them. We knew like we could, you know, uh, acronym it with an LOL early on. It was just the name. Um, we didn't have any theme attached to it. There was no like gimmick of any sort, you know, to attach the name to us in any way except just the name, but people liked it. And so we stuck with it. And then it, we started to integrate, um, uh, a gimmick where we would dress up, uh, in a costume type of matching, uh, fashion where we would wear wigs and, and then we incorporate also the San Francisco theme music. So we really tried to like make it more than just a band, which, you know, uh, some bands have to do that, I think, you know, for their, for their type of style. Some bands don't need to do that. Um, but I think for us, what we were trying to accomplish, I think it really needed to be there. And I'm glad we stuck it out for as long as we did. Um, so that's where that name comes from.
1: Well, good. Yeah, so do you have any favorite memories from any of these shows with Left Out Lamont?
0: There was one time where we played at, uh, Paradise Lounge. We were playing, um, on the small stage and this club has like three stages, two on the, the ground floor and one upstairs. So we were playing on small stage on the ground floor and we had a really good crowd and, uh, we just smoked. We just, it was fire. You know when you, I mean, when you, when you play a show and you're so blown away of how how much the energy is flowing and how much the vibe is so intense and you feel everything is just like the planets are aligned correctly, you know, and it's like everything everything is just done so well and put together so well that you, you feel like you can't do no wrong. Man, we were just on top of our game.
2: Sarah Monty pays them, they long to sleep. To not feed Desperate like death, and let me go
0: Hands so I think we were fortunate in Left Out Lamont where most of the time when we played shows we were really like on top of it um, so that was good but there were those crappy shows that always happened too can you uh, mention one <laughs> yeah I can mention a lot
1: <laughs> but,
0: yeah uh, but I'll, I'll give you a crappy show there was a crappy show where we played it was in Cupertino I think it was and it was for all the bands and we started off really well. Like we played the first song. No problem. By the second song, uh, Dave just froze. He was, he, it was like if anyone remembers Bra- the Brady Bunch and you remember like the episode where Cindy's like, you know, she's on the TV show and she just freezes when she sees the red light on the camera. Say, OK, we're rolling. And she doesn't answer any questions. She's just silently shocked and blown away. You know, that was Dave. Dave was like a deer in the headlights. He could not remember the song. And this was a song we had been playing in this in our set in this spot for a long time so it should have been no brainer but apparently he lost all mental functions <laughs> I mean, it was Josh and I are playing the song and he's playing like not a song neither Josh and I know <laughs> so and he ended up playing that song all the way until Josh and I were done playing our song <laughs> so so then there was another time where Um, we played in LA. I'm sorry to, (laughs) I'm sorry to say it was for another battle of the bands, but this one we did really good. We, we were the only out of town band out of 40 bands that were local there that made it to the semifinals with no fan base. (laughs) So it was totally from our music and our entertainment of, of being, you know, musicians that brought us to that point, you know. I think a lot of those local bands were pissed off at us. <laughs> you know, like, they're like from San Francisco. They got no fan base here and they're making it to the semifinals. <laughs> How's that happen? Um, so when we made it to the semifinals, it was a huge ordeal. I mean, they, they really had a lot of people there. Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine was there. Um, there was a number of other who's who people, uh, from the LA scene who were there. So it really had some good attention. And a great venue. And um, so we started off playing and first band, first song we were on it, you know? So it's like, oh, cool. I think we're going to look really good. We might have a chance, you know, to win maybe, but if not, I know we're, we're going to play well. <laughs> we had the curse of the second song again. And what's so what's so funny, it was the same second song that Dave, you know, <laughs> wasn't able to get down from the other show I talked about. This time, it was Josh, but it wasn't Josh who forgot the song. So, because I would have been really surprised because Josh has a very focused memory. He's really good about remembering songs. But what happened was, is he popped a bass string, believe it or not. How often does that ever happen, you know? Bass strings are rare when they pop. So when he popped his string, luckily he had a backup. The problem was he had been playing five-string bass most of the time. So when he popped his string, he had to adjust to playing on a four-string bass. So when we started to do the second song, when he popped his bass string, I heard nothing for a, a while. And I look over as I'm playing, and I see how he's switching, putting on another base. I thought, okay, great, you know, awesome. But when he jumped back in, he was hitting some bad notes, and you know, and it wasn't his fault, you know. But it, that's just the way it went down. So we lost the momentum. We had people up at the front of stage, and it was a good crowd. But the minute that happened, it was over. You know, we we fell to the wayside. You know, with our with our status. So uh, so how did Left Out Lamont actually end? Left Out Lamont didn't end with. Just the three of us. What happened was is Josh, uh, decided to bow out because we, you know, he felt that he wanted to pursue the band in, in a more toned down way, meaning like not play so many shows. And, and Dave and I were very much into playing more shows. We were like, Hey, let's keep this going. You know, we're going strong. We have all these connections and, you know, um, so we just, you know, kind of started to, you know split off in different directions and it was just a natural thing and and i still feel it's great that josh was honest with us when he decided that's how he felt and and dave and i at the time you know were thinking in other ways but you know in retrospect josh was right and i'm going on record josh you were right (laughs) um he was right because we were playing too much we were focusing too much on playing shows and we weren't giving ourselves opportunities like your band visitor 42 or other bands. We knew who at that time they were putting out their second CD or their third CD. And all we had was our first, you know, it took time for, for me at least to realize that. What were you shooting for with left out
1: Lamont? I mean, were you guys trying to get a record deal or were you just um, playing to have fun? I mean, what was your goal? What was the vision for the band? I
0: think the uh, well, I I can I can say at this point now, the goal for left out left out Lamont was to to be recognized and to be hopefully signed by by a label, yeah. um, and but also have a good time. I think we accomplished having the good times, no problem. Um, we came close. We came close to Epic Records at the time. In LA, where they were interested in us, they heard about us. I even talked to their ANR rep, and he gave me his card. He's like, "Yeah, let me know when you're playing again." Unfortunately, when we when I told him we were playing again, it ended up being that show where Josh popped the bass oh. So <laughs> you know, so everything was perfect, you know, but uh, you know, alas, it wasn't meant to be, and. I think if you don't really know how everyone else feels in the band, if you're not all talking the same way about what you want to see in the band or accomplish together as the band, then I think everyone may have a different story or different experience of what they really want to see. And if that doesn't get established in the beginning, you could be setting yourself up for a lot of conflict later.
1: So what was next for you guys? I mean, I know you picked up with Did I Stutter right after Left Out Lamont kind of ended.
0: Uh, You know, there was a band that I was in after Left Out Lamont, um, which unfortunately didn't go anywhere. And it was called Did I Stutter? And this was with Dave from Left Out Lamont and myself. And then we had uh, a, a new person that we started playing with named Al. And, um, Al, he came from a band called Dry Spell, which Left Out Lamont had played a number of shows with. And eventually we became somewhat friends with these guys. So anyway, when in Left Out Lamont, we're, we're playing with Dry Spell and Al, Al's playing in Dry Spell. And there's this other, uh, the, another friend of ours named Chuck, who was also in Dry Spell. So what happened was when Josh, uh, split, um, Dave and I thought we could still carry on Left Out Lamont. So I contacted Chuck, uh, in Dry Spell. And at the time, Dry Spell was on its way out. They, they had ran its course and they were going to split up. So I contacted Chuck and I said, Hey, you want to come in and play? Um, he's like, well, I actually, I play bass. And I said, okay, cool. He is a phenomenal and fantastic guitar player, an unbelievable talent in music, but he played bass too. So. He knew we needed to look for bass players. So he jumped in, played bass, but then shortly I asked him about Al and he's like, I don't think he's doing anything right now. Um, and so he contacted Al. We brought Al in and then Chuck jumped on guitar and then Al played bass and we had a four piece. And it was now see, that's really strange, kind of coincidental, I guess is because, you know, during my, all the bands I was in before Left Alamont was four piece. And then I was in Left Alamont. For being as a power trio for so long, I didn't really know how to experience the four piece thing. So when that happened, it was still great, but it was a bit weird. I was like, wow, I'm hearing another guitar player and, and it's rounding out the sound more, but it, and I'm hearing, you know, harmonies again, you know, and, uh, so it it was really a, a nice time for as short as it was because, um, eventually things didn't work out. Uh, and Chuck uh, decided to pursue other avenues on his own but Al stayed so when that happened we decided to let Left Out Lamont go and we said let's just start something new and so Did I Stutter became the next band
2: It's possible to be somebody else for a while Taken to extremes, didn't know for a while Bringing discomfort, you were hoping for a fight Pick her up, coming back, don't expect a good night Impatient decision, good night Convincing you, listen, good night Impatient decision, good night Convincing you, listen Night. She can't believe you would do something like this. She doesn't want to talk to you, so keep your distance. Put your finger blaming her, she didn't apologize. Tired and angry, all she really wanted was a ride. Right, Impatient decision, good night. Decision, good night. you listen, good night. Make an effort, she won't walk away
0: away this band she won't had a, a lot away. of potential effort, I'll just say that I had a lot of potential but um, there were obstacles that came in the way um, and it wasn't wasn't it caused the band to not go anywhere. I mean, we played like maybe three shows prior to these obstacles coming in. And um, they weren't even publicized by anybody. They were just like throwaway shows that we thought, well, let's play like maybe some places, not let anybody know about them really, and just kind of test the waters and get used to playing live. And uh, that was it. After that band... I didn't want to be in a band anymore i i i was done i i i was tired i i felt um i just felt like uh i didn't want to be a part of music i just you know as far as being active i just i didn't want to say I was retired from it you know um but i just just need to take a step away from it for a while and um when that happened. I found myself really, uh, finding interest that I had never put any time in when I was so active in music. And I think all musicians have that. I've found so many musicians who, uh, because they don't, they don't, they're not active anymore in music, but what they do now is they go into video or they go into audio, you know, or a combination of both. So I find that interesting, you know, that, Uh, And, but I think it's great because music and visual, uh, and qualities, they go so well together. They're a marriage. It's, it's movies, you know, and I think that's, that's what happens. Music videos, you know, so I think that's what musicians always thought about doing maybe at, at some point is, yeah, I'd love to be able to work and do music and video at the same time and, um, have a good marriage with that. And so I found myself doing that and I was enjoying it. I was loving it. Um, I did a number of video projects just for myself. And then I did, um, a couple of video projects for other people. Um, one was a wedding for the first time, which was a lot of fun. Recently did, um, a video project for uh, a documentary on my elementary school last year, which was awesome. And a lot of other things just started to kind of come into my life that I started to pay attention to and I started to focus on. And for years, I, I was always doing just like namby pamby jobs. That the, like any musician who struggles and who wants to make something of themselves and, as a musician they 're never going to want to get the great job. The minute you get the great job that 's the end is what it 's always been said. You know, the minute you give in to the man, you let go of who you are, you know, and uh, there's some truth to that, I think you know, um, but it also depends on how you make it become part of your life. you know you still have choices. So I had always had just penny ante jobs um, that paid like minimum wage. So I never had any money, but I always had plenty of time to play music. Mm -hmm. So you know that was I had the best thing going for a while. Um, But then once I stepped away from music, uh, I started to realize you know I want health insurance, I want benefits, I want good money, I want my own place, I want to know that I can get pay raises maybe. Uh, I, you know, I started to think about my future. I started to think, you know what? There's nothing wrong with still having fun, but, you know, why don't you protect yourself and make sure you're well grounded with having fun? And, um, so I started to, I, I ended up going back to school. Um, and I started to pursue, uh, education towards working in the corporate world. And I was able to get a job in the corporate world, working for a law firm in downtown San Francisco. It's really so funny because I had only done industrial warehouse, non-corporate work for all my time in employment. And then all of a sudden I was so anti for so long. You know, as they say, nothing's forever and never say never. So, um, I found myself working for the man and, and I'm totally fine with it. And I love it. You know, I, I'm, I don't regret it at all. I got married, and uh, I'm very happy and thankful, and I I love my wife, and I'm so happy with her. Uh, she's been so instrumental and so inspirational to me, and I found so much more out of life that I'm so happy about, and um, I'm really glad that uh, where I am today is where I am today. Well, after a little break, now you're back to
1: doing music, and I know you've took that whole Did I Stutter album that was recorded that didn't really go anywhere, and you're uh, relaunching that under a new band name you're also collaborating with me in a, in a new band i'm real excited about that i'm glad to see you get back into music so what's uh what's next for you in music uh
0: yeah you know basically i was um feeling so disappointed with this material from did i stutter because no one ever heard it and i felt it was the best that i had accomplished uh songwriting wise at the time and um the most professional sounding and, and uh, performing performance wise, I thought it, it it was all there and it'd be a real shame to just like close it up and put it in the vault and just say, okay, well there's another memory, you know, maybe once in a while I'll pull it out and play it all through last year of uh, 2009. I had been having so much of an itch up my ass to just like want to get out there and play again. And I just, it was bothering me to no end and um the more I was listening to these songs at the same time on my iPod I was just like I gotta do something I gotta get out there even if I'm not out there playing this music you know I gotta get out there I I, I just feel like it's time um and it was and it is and so uh I found myself, um, wanting to just first just break into playing, uh, with people. And so I wanted to collaborate and see if I can come up with projects with other people, you know, who, cause I still was in contact with a good amount of musician friends like yourself. And, um, I just thought, you know what? I never gave my time to do this in the past. It was always just about, you know, being in one band and focusing on that. And that's it. Um, and I've always wanted to play with other people and, and experience, you know, maybe doing some songs together or recording together or maybe even doing a full length CD, you know, material and maybe possibly playing some shows. So, uh, you know, I, I just felt through the end of last year, it really was just like, uh, impossible for me to ignore or even to delay or to put off any longer. So I was very thankful that you came in the picture um, and that you were totally down with, you know, putting an offer for me, an opportunity for me and for us to be able to play and to be able to, you know, put on a project, you know, and to see where it goes. And, uh, I'm still jacked about it. I look forward to playing with you guys. And I, and I, I'm so glad the music we've come up with is something we're all happy with. Whenever the name comes about, I'll be ready for it. I'll be ready to talk about it, whatever it is, you know, and, and I'm just happy with that. And so, uh, I have other projects that are, that are starting to come together and, and those are good too with other musicians. And I've just started to experience now. So getting back to the music of Did I Stutter? I decided, you know what? I'm going to go at this alone. I have never done that before. I've had people tell me this, friends and family or just people in general from being in past bands that, why don't you just go out on your own? You know, you should try that sometime or, you know, you, you should do it. You have enough talent. You can do this. I don't know. I think I always felt like I wanted to, I don't think I felt I was ready for that. Maybe I was afraid. Maybe I was just not interested in it. I don't know.
1: When you say go it alone, do you mean, uh, launch,
0: relaunching this
1: as a solo artist effort or are, do you have any plans to put a band together?
0: Right now it's about just being a solo artist. Okay. I would like it to be where I have a backup band who's going to, you know, play the songs that I write. So, um, in that respect, it is, you know, solely on me. Um. So these guys, whoever they will be, it's it'll only be a band when we play together live. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, when it's not live performances, it's just going to be me making sure that everything everything is still going. Uh You know, they they'll have no part in that unless they want to. Um. And so what I came up with was this name, uh, called Miguel Casai. It's a name that came up when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I used to hang out with some friends of mine after school, during school. They were good friends, uh, Jason and Phil. And, uh, we used to hang out a lot and listen to music and all that stuff. And so one time we were, we were riding together in Jason's Suzuki Samurai and, uh, listening to like, I think we were listening to Floyd or Jethro Toll or something like that. So we were all like talking about how we have this club going on and, It'd be cool if we had nicknames. So Jason came up with his name. His name was called Stonicus. And Phil's name was Philicus. And so then I was like, well, what about my name? And Jason's like, what are we going to call Miguel? Hmm. I know. It's Miguelicus I. <laughs> and I said, Miguelicus I? And I was like, Okay, cool. Megalica's eye, all right, I like that. Yeah. So, you know, that's how that was born. And um, but it was never used outside of, you know, that that time. And I'd forgotten about it for years. Yeah. And then when I was thinking about what what name would I use, I mean I could have used just my name, but I didn't feel like uh, going that route. So then Megalica's eye came about and everyone's called me Meg for years. Yeah. So, or Mig Man, but usually it's Mig. And so I thought, yeah, man, that'll be the name. It'll be Mikhail Kasai. And then people, you know, who already know me call me Mig anyway. So it really, it helps, I think, and connects well with this name. I decided to uh, put something together for myself. I have uh, a number of websites that I'm part of. And then... um what am I going to do with music? I didn't have any music yet. So I was thinking, well, I'm going to use the music when did I stutter? And uh, that'll be how Miguel Eye will be heard and be recognized. And at the same time, this music will finally be heard. And so far, this music is being heard a lot and it's being received and uh, responding well positively. And um, I am so happy about that. I'm so thankful that this is not music that sits with me anymore and it doesn't sound outdated. It doesn't. And even if it does, you know, fine. But so far, everybody who's listened to it has said that it's awesome. It's great. You know, I love this song or I love that song. I've only posted four songs so far. Did I still have recorded like 12 songs and some of those were recorded and mixed and pretty much done. Well, so I took the best of that batch yeah. and put those out first because those were the ones I felt were done pretty much. So my 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 whole thing now is to uh, keep promoting McGillica's Eye and um, promote the music and um, work on rounding up some musicians uh, who are down to backing me up on these songs. Um, so basically, I'm going to be going out there to play shows and – Performing the songs that Did I Stutter never had the opportunity to do. It's almost like I'm paying tribute to Did I Stutter, you know? Um, and to the music that I wrote in that band. It deserves to be heard. And at the same time, I'm looking forward to playing. And so playing these songs will be an, like a dream come true again.
1: Well, good. I see you brought your guitar along. Let's, uh, let's get this thing set up and uh, hear one of your uh, songs.
0: Actually, I, I had thought about playing a song, um, an exclusive for your show and um, it'll be a song that hasn't been heard
2: a woman who is so she has a The of me it shows. Entertaining her is such a treat for me. Allo again, yes, indeed. gaze upon a beauty, star and rose.
0: By the way that song was called Woman. It will be uh something to be performed in the future with Miguel Casai. I don't I don't know when, but for now um I'm glad I was able to play it, you know, today with Music Life Radio. I'm looking forward to playing and looking forward to uh seeing where music takes me again. My hope is just to be happy. And that's the first thing. Um I want to be happy and I want to have a good time. And if I can't enjoy being happy and enjoy having fun uh, along with all the other serious parts of, you know, the music, then I know it'll probably be time for me to let this go. About making it in music or how some people say, uh, yeah, I want to succeed. I want I want all that fame, fortune. It's like, you know, that's extra, man. The real success is you're still playing and you're still writing, and you're still enjoying all that. And um, that's what I want. I want to continue to feel that way.
1: Well, good. Thanks for coming down, Mig, playing a song. No and,
0: problem. Thanks for having me.
1: And hanging out, telling us some good stories. That's Michele Kasai, formerly from the bands Did I Stutter, Left Out Lamont. Rush hold rival among many others. We're gonna go ahead and end this episode of Music Life Radio with a song from Miguel Casai called Hole.
2: Open eyes, I will never lie, but it touched me fever in disguise. Many ways I feel I have no life come back. Love is lost, it's possible.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Music Live Radio. We're going to wrap up this episode with a comment from Miguel Casai on getting a day job.
0: I found myself working for the man, and, and I'm totally fine with it, and I love it. You can, of course, check out more of
1: Miguel Casai on his Reverb Nation pages, which is accessible through Facebook. You can also check out his MySpace, and he should have his website up soon, Miguel M-I-G-U-E-L-I-C-U-S-E-Y-E dot com. And of course, that's the same spelling for finding him on Reverb Nation, MySpace, and Facebook. Thanks again for tuning in to Music Live Radio, and we'll see you next time.